0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to the Hidden Yardage Podcast. I'm Mark Lane. You can find me on Twitter at... The Real Mark Lane. I'm joined as always by Sean Martin, and you can find him on Twitter at Sean Martin NFL, where they can join in the conversation. Isn't that right, Sean?
2: Absolutely, and they can learn if they were just on our live Twitter space, which is something that we're doing before the show now, so we encourage fans to come on over there. They can learn that uh, I owned a couple pairs of cowboy boots. I feel like some followers probably already knew that, you know, my close friends. That are also followers, but to the general public, yeah, um, you know, you might have seen a picture or two of me in a cowboy hat, but those are usually only from the chest up. So, if you were to see to see my feet in any of those pictures, yep, I am. Uh, I'm usually rocking some cowboy boots around Austin, Texas. So, to those listening, Mark just learned that tonight before we started recording, and he was kind of surprised. So that was a fun thing.
1: Yeah, and that's why you got to follow Sean on Twitter to make sure that you stay up to date on all of his um, country and western attire. And you can stay up to date on the latest happenings with the Cowboys by subscribing to the Hidden Yardage podcast on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're part of the Blog and the Boys podcast network. So with that said, Sean, it we've completed rookie mini camps. And now the Dallas Cowboys have got to put their hands on their 2022 rookie class. Uh, What do you make of it?
2: Yeah, you've dubbed uh, this part of the offseason work basketball practice on grass, which I really think is one of the perfect terms for it. So there's not a whole lot to make of it. You you want to see good attendance and attentiveness from the players that are there and some good reviews from the coaches. So we've had all of that. So that's a nice box to check as far as how the Cowboys move through this rookie minicamp. Uh, Mike McCarthy specifically called out Sam Williams for some of his rushes, which is not really something you hear too often as far as bringing up individual plays that happen in a rookie minicamp. So for Williams to be sowing that juice right away, albeit uh, without the pads coming on yet, that's still a nice sign considering what they've lost at defensive end this, this off season and what they might be asking of Williams to help fill in at that position, you know, there's a clear path for Tyler Smith to get on the field. There's a clear path uh, for Jalen Tolbert as the third-round guy. And then Williams, I feel like, is already kind of flying under the radar. Is that second-round guy who it's like, is he going to play more snaps inside where there's kind of a crowded uh, death chart already at defensive tackle? Is he going to be able to do enough on the edge to stay on the field? So there will be a path for him at some point, but it just kind of feels like he's a player that, we have to keep a close eye on as far as what the actual plan is for for Williams and he's off to a good start
1: and we'll have more discussion on Sam Williams coming up later in the podcast you mentioned someone that i think has Cowboys fans a little intrigued and that's Jalen Tolbert specifically for his comparisons to Michael Gallup however the way that they're incorporating him into the offense right out of the gate is they're playing him a little bit inside um but obviously the Cowboys they want Tolbert to be the complete package and to line up everywhere on the field do you think that he's going to be kind of like Randall Cobb when he was here with the
2: Cowboys in 2019 I could definitely see a little bit of that and of course Cobb was a Green Bay Packers player uh, to make that connection so I could see that. You know, he has kind of to, some of the similar movement ability and, you know, the ability to get up the field and catch passes and tight windows. So at his best, you'll see all of that from Tolbert. And I love this kid's confidence as well. I was lucky through some of the quotes that you transcribed from all the interviews these players gave. And I think the one that might have jumped out the most from Tolbert was um, – it's been surreal to be here, but it's also I own the ability to be in this locker room. You know, that's just the type of guy he is. He kind of demands that respect. Um, you know He certainly proved it at a small school like South Alabama. He was the guy, and defenses knew that too, of course, but yet they couldn't really stop him. The speed to take the top off a of defense was what made him really dangerous in a heavy RPO type of offense where you had to commit numbers down to stop in the run, and then Tolbert could beat you deep. He can beat you over the middle. And, you know, the Cowboys are certainly hoping he could do all of those things from, like you said, not only the Z position, but the F, which is their inside spot, maybe play some X if CDLM has to move around. So you want to move these guys around. It's been a complaint for years that, you know, the Cowboys weren't moving their receivers. I think we all remember that, right? So if they could do more of that and have that versatility with a guy like Tolbert, uh, that would be great.
1: Yeah, and I think he has a really good attitude coming into the organization it's like he said that he earned the right to be here. Uh, he, he said that he asked Dak Prescott for a playbook on the way to the star. So he was—he's really been diving in headfirst and taking a look at everything. And also the Cowboys—they've—they've they've got a plan for him thus far. Uh, Kellen Moore talked about how uh, they're starting him off playing the Z and Mike McCarthy talked about how he really does have some good inside ability in the slot, and he compared him to C.D. Lamb and also Cedric Wilson. What's fascinating is that Tolbert likes to watch tape of C.D. Lamb and respects his run-after-catch ability. He also watched film of... Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, of course, was someone that Mike McCarthy had a little bit of his hands on near the, the end of his run with the Green Bay Packers in 2018. So it, it's it's interesting that Tolbert sees kind of his potential, and he mentioned that he doesn't know how high his ceiling is, which fascinated Mike McCarthy and that they're going to help him figure out what it is, and that he's willing to learn. He's willing to do anything. And if he is able to succeed in that mission to line up anywhere for Dallas, then I think that he can immediately become really kind of like a Cedric Wilson type, which I think is what the receiving core is has been missing just when you go down to the basics of the, of the off-season program and everything, it's not really an Amari Cooper type. I really think it's the loss of Cedric Wilson and just a do-it-all, plug-anywhere receiver like that that's been missing. And now they they may have that in Tolbert. I don't think it's going to manifest you know, in September. But when you start to get into January, presuming that he has all of the reps, all the experience, all the playing time, playing essentially – a season and a half of college football to that point, I think that he'll be ready to go.
2: For sure. And I think all of the of all the draft picks where you want to start hearing positive reports on and especially saying the right things to the media as well, Tolbert might be the most important because waiting until the third round, you know, the draft to draft a receiver wasn't exactly what a lot of Cowboys fans are expecting coming out of this draft. Um especially considering you know this team's draft history, which we all know, the later rounds haven't been too kind to them. And you know the third round doesn't count as a later round. You're still picking in the top 100 there, so that counts as a premium pick. where well, you better find some talent, and this year's class is no different. They didn't do a whole lot in free agency, so the pressure is there to to hit on these guys. So they waited for a receiver, and yet they still have this guy in Tolbert, who fans are just raving about because of what he said off the field and what he's done on his college tape and what he's working into in Kevin Moore's offense. So, yeah, so far uh, very good for a guy like Tolbert, who, like you said, early in the season might not make that type of impact, even though that's when the opportunity is going to be there. Should Michael Gallup miss as much time as they're saying, he could miss one to two games, if not more. Uh, but later in the year, yeah, I think that chemistry with Prescott will pay off. You mentioned
1: chemistry. Chemistry is one of those things that yeah it needs to happen between Dalbert and Prescott but also what Tyler Smith needs to have with the rest of the offensive line and I think even though it's basketball on grass that's a position folks are looking at right now.
2: Yeah and offensive line is the hardest position to you know to show anything until the pads come on but that, that didn't stop most Cowboys fans from wanting offensive line to be the top pick so you expected this but Uh, more fans were ready for a guy like Kenny Green or Zion Johnson. So that makes Smith uh, have to prove a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And let me ask you this with, he's starting off at tackle Tyler Smith is, but I'm sorry, starting off at guard. At what point do you think they play him at tackle? Because there was a lot of talk in Tyler Smith's interview on May 13th. And even talking to Mike McCarthy, about trying him out at tackle and he did a little bit of that and the Cowboys aren't really shying away from the tackle talk when it comes to Tyler Smith when do you think they try to do that
2: well once the other veteran players are out there with these practices you know that might be a good opportunity for you know if not him to get first team tackle reps or like full team drill tackle reps to at least do the extra work if he's willing to um, put in that time with you know a guy like Tyron Smith who. Terrence Steele and the other tackles on the roster, that might be an opportunity aside from what the Cowboys coaches have planned for him. But you know, I think this is a player that is going to need all the time he can get to adjust to just playing guard. And that's where the Cowboys' biggest need has been all offseason. So, you know, it's great that they think they have their Tyrant Smith replacement. Um, that's something that they haven't really addressed for years. And now they finally addressed it and fans still aren't happy just because of you know who the player is right now, but that can change in terms of his development here, and I certainly think it will. But you know they've been trying to get some future uh, talent to tackle here, and I don't think they're going to go too quick to you know throw him out there and say okay now you are the future. They're they're going to be cautious with it, especially when his starting position is like I said that that huge need of left guard where you better have a guy that can also protect Dak Prescott there because. We've all seen you know Connor Williams or Connor McGovern or what have you get just blown past, and now a defensive tackle is in Prescott's face, and it just ruined far too many plays. So if Smith can be the guy to prevent that, you're going to need that you know, for 16, 17 games this year and beyond, possibly. So if that means he doesn't get a lot of work at tackle, so be it.
1: so Tyron Smith has played 11 he played 11 games last year
2: which represents the
1: second fewest games that he's played in a season of his career, when it's almost unfair to say the inevitable happens and Tyron Smith misses time at tackle, do you think the Cowboys are going to be ambitious enough to just slide him on over in the regular season? Or do you think that they're going to have someone else uh, play tackle I mean, do you think they're going to disrupt the continuity of the O-line just to put Tyler Smith out at left tackle?
2: I mean, they certainly could just because they'll have the better view than, you know, any of us have on what he's willing to do or what he's capable of doing at tackle. But right now, you know, all people like us have to go by is his college tape at tackle, and it is just – it's very rough. I mean, you know, it's hard to sugarcoat some of the deficiencies in his game at tackle just based on what you're able to go see at Tulsa when you turn on the tape. And trying to say this is an NFL tackle um, is certainly a stretch. But like I said, the team will know what he's capable of doing out there and when he's ready to go play it. Um, but they, what they won't know is when, of course, they'll need someone other than Tyron Smith to play. So, yeah, you have to have that plan ready. And if that also means, you know, you move Terrence Steele there and then maybe Martin goes to right tackle or a couple of different options. And you got these other backups like Josh Ball and Isaac Alicone. So they'll talk through all the contingency plans as far as what's going to happen for probably all five of the offensive line spots because they're all so important. But like you said, they've already dealt with the Smith situation the year in and the year out. They've had to have they've had to have some type of plan, and now Smith is uh, you know going to be part of that plan at some point. And it's probably going to be a little bit disappointing if he's not you know immediately that answer out there just because he is your first round pick. But I do think that's not fair to him and we've got to have more patience with a player like Smith who is going to be making the transition to guard, going from tackle to guard. It's a lot harder than people give credit for, um, but if he's able to pull it off, then you know the Cowboys will have themselves a really solid interior of the offensive line again. So I think that's more important than saying you found your backup tackle right now.
1: And I think that – let's just go back to – Pre-draft and all the mock drafts had Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson going to Dallas. So left guard was going to be taken care of regardless. <laughs> See what I did there? But the thing is that it you still were, would have to solve the issue of, left, of swing tackle for the reasons I referenced, that Tyron Smith has not played a complete season since... 2015 he's missed time it's just the way it is at this point so what's your swing tackle situation and that's why i think it's incumbent upon josh ball to t- take care of that i think it's really optimistic and pie in the sky to think a pie in the sky as big as the skies in north dakota to think that matt will is going to be your swing <laughs> tackle but I, that's really kind of a problem. I don't know that Tyler Smith is going to solve that. And then you create a problem at left guard. So I guess you'd then take um, Connor McGovern. And then he goes in there. And then he takes care of, uh, the, of left guard as you kick Tyler Smith out to the left side. But here's the thing, though, is Bill Parcells said you can always hide a tackle. So I think regardless of what goes on, at left I don't know
2: about that. Do what? Well, I mean I I mean I That is a great coach. I'm not saying I know more than him, but man, I've I've seen too many, you know, games just get ruined by bad tackle players to, to say that, you know, I think you can always hide that type of player. Maybe if you have Bill Parcel's on your staff, you can you know he's good enough to find a way to get well, to do it. Here's, but, okay, I don't, here's I don't think this know. cowboy staff can always no, hide exactly. a tackle. <laughs>
1: Here's the complete quote on that, though. Okay. Is he said, you can always hide a tackle. You can't hide two tackles. And he said that in reference to 2005 after Flozell Adams tore his ACL after the Week 7 overtime win uh, against the Giants at Texas Stadium because then they were starting Torin Tucker at left tackle and rookie sixth-round pick Rob Petiti at right tackle. So that's what led him to say that. So, you know, theoretically, I mean, you can at least hide one tackle. And that's what I'm saying is Dallas, they could get through a, two, three games hiding a left tackle maybe and but without risking the continuity of the offensive line simply by moving left guard Tyler Smith out to left tackle.
2: Yeah, this whole situation kind of reminds me of when the Giants drafted Daniel Jones because, you know, the Giants were under a completely different, uh, you know, organizational structure then, different GM and coach. And, you know, the the topic up there for years was like, oh, when are you going to get the next guy for, after Eli in here? And so they finally did because they felt so good about Jones that they wanted him. And they drafted him pretty high. And, you know, they, they, locked, in, uh, they locked in on him as early as a senior bowl was the report. So they finally took him and Giants fans were still up in arms because they didn't really see the type of player that, that the Giants did much like a lot of Cowboys fans don't really see potentially what they are seeing in Tyler Smith. And the Giants you who know, defended the pick with like, well, what do you want us to do? You've been begging for this for years and we finally did it. And now you're still complaining. And that's kind of the exact thing with the Cowboys. It's like when we thought the roster was good enough and you know, haha, jokes on us, it hasn't been good enough to get anywhere in the playoffs and forever. But these years where we went to the draft thinking, you know what, this thing is pretty solid. I think this might be the year where you spend a first-round pick on you know, a potential backup type of player with, uh, with Tyron Smith's re- uh, potential replacement. And they didn't do it, they didn't do it, they didn't do it. And now this year they they think they did it at least, but they also got their starter left guard. So there should be good value there, and it's still been one of the most heavily criticized picks.
1: Right, and that's what happens whenever – You kind of get pigeonholed, and, I mean, maybe they should have taken BPA at some point in the previous drafts, and then they wouldn't have been in this situation. They could have just graduated whoever right into the starting left guard spot. But you kind of see the same thing, I think, going on at linebacker because uh, Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram tweeted – on Sunday, that the Cowboys uh, are interested in Anthony Barr, it, you know, if the price is right or something like that. So I don't know, either Bob Barker or Drew Carey, I guess, <laughs> has to get involved because the price is has to be right, you know. But uh, I do not Do you think they're going to spin the big wheel on, uh, on price is right, or are they going to do showcase showdown for Anthony Barr? That remains to be seen. But let me ask you this. So if they're if they're talking about Anthony Barr, all right, what does that signal to you, Sean?
2: Yeah, Barr's kinda of had an interesting career. He was a highly touted college prospect, and I don't know if he's lived up to the full extent of kind of what his hype was where draft analysts had him at least, just because, you know, to use the crusade that we talked about, he checks all the boxes and he so he did in such a big way though. You know, it was like Every box you want to see from a linebacker, can he cover big time? Plus, for him, can he come down and tackle big time? Plus, so he really did everything. Um, not to overhype him, but you know that's what he was coming out of college, and he went to a scheme there in Minnesota where you know they play a lot of deep zone coverage, and those linebackers are asked to cover a lot of ground, and he's been able to do that. So, you know that's the type of player the Cowboys are talking about bringing in here. Um, you look at the safety position; they don't have a long-term future there at all. I mean, Kurs, um, Makiwama, and Hooker are the only players with deals that go beyond this year. And we know Dan Quinn likes to use his safeties kind of down in the box when he can as those matchup cover type of players. So I'm not saying Anthony Barr could play safety for you. I'm saying he can also be that in-the-box uh, kind
1: of... Kind of like Keanu Neal. So that's what you see is kind of, he's replacing the Keanu Neal role
2: in a way, yeah. I don't know if he quite runs and kind of evades blocks the way Neil was able to. Um, you know, Neil's problem was the finishing ability, and once he got around blocks and you know being able to fill holes the right way, uh, playing a position that he was a little bit out of place in. But you know, Barr can come downhill. Certainly, he can allow you to use Parsons and more of a pass rusher. So, yeah, they want to they want to have versatility throughout their front seven. They have a good group of defensive tackles going into the season we haven't said that about the Cowboys' DTs in forever, so they have a nice interior group, defensive end, and they're working through some things, and Parsons is part of the plan there. And in linebacker, you have some interchangeability as well, and a bar would just give you a whole lot more of that.
1: Well, what I wonder is if the linebacking corps, if they anticipate some availability issues with their linebacking core, and that's why they're taking a look at Anthony Barr because you've got Jabril Cox coming off the ACL, Demone Clark, he's pretty much going to be a scratch. Does this mean that Devin Harper, they don't anticipate that he's going to provide meaningful snaps at linebacker, do they not? Do they think that Layton Vanderesh may have taken I don't know, let's say uh, father time is uh, is starting to close the gap on him? Are they did they are they looking at Bar because they want him to take some Michael Parsons snaps so that they can free him up. I I don't know that you t- take a look at Anthony Barr if you're confident that your linebacking Gore is going has it locked down. I think that this is a that they're taking a look, kind of like a. You know, insurance, just to make sure that their linebacking core is going to step up to the occasion, but they won't know until they get through off-season workouts when they have the rookies melding with the vets, and then they just start to get an idea of what your team looks like, even though it is basketball on grass. That's what I take from this Anthony Barr, um, you know, kicking the tires.
2: Yeah, and it feels like a little bit of a red flag that you know no other team has signed him at this point. You know, why a big name type players is still available in free agency? There's always got to be something more to it. So the fact that other teams haven't poked around means they either feel much better about their linebacker situation or they know something about Barr. You know, the Cowboys will know the same thing when they do their research, of course. But the reason they're even doing that and poking around is because, like you said, the only reason you entertain it and other teams haven't. Is because of how you feel about your your situation at linebacker, and it's uh, you know, it's certainly not the best for Dallas right now. There's a, a lot of names, but not a lot of the answers for how to get a lined up and be able to have uh, you know, somebody other than Parsons and Cox take some meaningful snaps at linebacker.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: That's something that is going to take, like I said, the off-season workouts to really solve and then you may see right when they're about to go to training camp that they bring in Anthony Barr or, you know, as they get closer to preseason. Or, heck, they may sign him week two so they don't have to guarantee his contract or something. But I, I think that they're really – that's why they're taking a look at Barr is because uh, of just the situation at linebacker. But, you know, one of the positions that for fans – has a lot of ambiguity, and in some cases, uh, the weeping and gnashing of teeth is edge rusher because Randy Gregory gets away, he goes to Denver, and they bring in Dante Fowler. They re-sign Dorrance Armstrong and then act like he can replace Randy Gregory. He can have the same production. That's what Steven said on The Fan. Like I said, there's just some regret when it for Cowboys fans when it comes to edge rusher. But I think that Sam Williams, I think this guy is really going to blossom for the Cowboys. Maybe not this year, but I think he has the makings to become a leader in that defensive line room someday
2: yeah he has all the potential to be out there you know I think what you like the most as far as his ability to get those snaps so he can develop like you said to really make an impact beyond year one you could have to find some snaps for him in year one so I think what you like about him the most is kind of the he's he's never really washed out of a play you know he can boast off the ball and give you a pass rush but he also has no problems kind of working into the chest of a tackle and you know playing the run and disengaging late and kind of following up and down the line, uh, to do those things for you. So you don't get that same ability in Armstrong. You're gonna need his pass rush ability though. That's why of course, you know, he's still here and he has a big role with Gregory now in Denver. But yeah, Williams is that guy you can trust to kinda of be your down in, down out type of player. And if it gives you a spark in pass rush, um, you know, the more the better uh that Dan Quinn can have as far as pressure players there. So he definitely has a chance to um to really see some snaps he's gonna to need to develop. and yeah, by year two or three um you know they're hoping beyond any doubt that he could be a fixer of this defensive line
1: right. and when you when you hear him talk, he talks about how he wants to he doesn't really know what his role is. He has to learn the playbook and everything in order for him to know his role um and he talks about how it's kind of like he's been here before just the familiarity with defensive line coach Aiden Durday, and obviously defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. So there's that, I don't know if you ever saw Patton, uh, the movie starring George C Scott. And I think the screenplay was written by Francis Ford Coppola about general Patton from world war two, but he goes and he visits right before some battle. Um, he goes and visits uh, the ruins of an ancient battle involving the Romans. I think it might have been the Second Punic War, and he he goes to the battle site and he's like, I- "I've been here before. I remember this. I was over there. It was like a reincarnation type experience." But it for Williams, he has that same sort of familiarity when he talks about being in the star. When he talks about working with Darday. And with Quinn is that same sort of familiarity, a sense of belonging. And I think that's what's most encouraging from what I've heard of William's time in the star thus far is just how at home he feels. And if he can grow in that system, if he can not have any availability issues and he can, can take all the reps, and he can spend time in the classroom, and he can have those one-on-ones with Dan Quinn, kind of like how Micah Parsons had last year, I think that he'll develop, not as quickly as Parsons, but over the course of his rookie contract, I think he will be an impactful cornerstone of this defense.
2: Yeah, Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, and Jalen Tobert will be the three players that, you know, are all tied together from this draft class because those were your top one hundred picks. So, you know, I know the talk of all off leading up to the draft was, man, if this team's gonna be so quiet in free agency, they better hit on more than just their first three picks. Like they need to hit the home run of all home runs in this year's cycle. It seems to be a grand slam, you know, through the fifth and sixth rounds. But, you know, realistically those things don't just happen. You can't count on those late round picks and we're going to see what they have. But really I think the definite roster is already here from last year's class or, you know, veterans that are already around. And that's going to be a future going forward, whether it's already here or they have to continue to draft to replace those guys. So Smith Williams and Talbot are the ones that have the expectations put on them. And, you know, it's always good to find out early how a player deals with having expectations and possibly having some pressure and, Smith has said the right things. Tolbert has, you know, absolutely said the right things. We started to show with that. And Williams, uh, by having that pass connection to Quinn and by already getting a leg up on what he's going to be asked to do here, uh, is well on his way.
1: And what's fascinating is, you know, Williams was a former basketball player, and he said that if he had to stop Luka Doncic, he just might put his hand in his face and hope he misses. And uh, By the way, uh, congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks for representing the state of Texas admirably in the NBA by convincingly defeating the Phoenix Suns in Game 7 of the, in- of the Western Conference semis. See, that's how a team that has I-35 running through it takes care of business in the playoffs, J- just so you know anyway
2: uh it doesn't distract the fact that thirty five is one of the the worst roads to drive on anyway but right
1: yeah um but no seriously uh he Williams is a versatile athlete it's shocking he's only played football for four years, but I think that having someone like dan quinn who he talked about his evolution as a coach, which began with the san francisco forty ers um it went from where you just look at guys as this one's a quarterback, this one's a receiver, this one's a fullback. You look at guys as having roles. This is a short yardage fullback. This is a third down uh receiver. Um, you know, this is a third, you know, a passing down edge rusher, you know what I mean? Uh so for Quinn to see the roles in guys like that. That's what you see with Williams is he's going to find him a role and then if Williams blossoms in it then I think that that's going to be it. but that goes into the overall philosophy of the Cowboys draft is they they're not really they didn't really solve issues for now I think their draft class represents solving issues for the future and I do I think Sam Williams develops into that dog that you used to have with Randy Gregory
2: yeah, I could certainly see that and I do think you know a lot of Cowboys fans will be skeptical of, you know, us trying to talk talk up too much any of these draft picks like, Oh, you did nothing all off season and now I'm supposed to believe this rookie is is now Randy Gregory and Williams is or, and Tyler Smith is now, you know, Larry Allen or whatever what have you. But um you know, we talk about the traits though and you really, you know, we, we want to go beyond just, you know, kind of the tier one of what well, we know about these players and, you know, the traits in the film with Williams. Yeah, there is so much for Quinn to work with there. And he's already gotten that big head start, which is awesome. And his ability to come off the ball, play inside a little bit, pair of us moves together is pretty advanced for him, considering, like you said, it's amazing that he's only played so a few years of football. So, yeah, there was so much to like in his game. And, you know, the Cowboys kind of started off this draft by going around early on Some players that they really wanted, which is a theme that they've done for a couple years now, and it it has mostly worked out. So, you know, some teams thought that Tyler Smith would be available in the second round. They went and pulled the trigger in the first, but at the end of the first, we were already drafting your second round grades. Williams was probably more of a day three or third round grade for some people, but they went ahead and pulled the trigger on day two, and then Tolbert was probably drafted right in the right spot there. So, yeah, the Cowboys—they locked in on their guys, and you know, you should trust the scouting staff, especially Dan Quinn's side of things. Considering the say that he's already had in two quick years here to turn this defense around uh, to find themselves a player. Edge rusher is such a hard position to find immediate impact players, though. So, it's gonna take a little while with Williams, but he has potential on day one. Like I said, of the run defense and his ability to not, you know, end up on the ground and get washed out of a play. Uh, to really go see the field.
1: And by the way, you mentioned Tyler Smith and wearing Larry Allen's number 73. Tyler Smith says he has not talked with Larry Allen yet, but he has talked with Michael Irvin on his podcast, and that episode, I guess, will be coming out soon. I don't know much about Michael Irvin's podcast, I only know about our podcast at Blogging the Boys. And if you want to hear, we got our own Super Bowl champions. And if you want to hear Tony Casillas and RJ Ochoa chop it up, then listen to the 750, which debuts on Tuesdays. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And by the way, Sean, we do have some Cowboys birthdays this week. None of them are Super Bowl champion Cowboys, but they're nevertheless interesting So let's go ahead and get started off with Tuesday, Matt Castle turns 40 years old. He's a grown man, he's 40, and that's on May 17th, Matt Castle, quarterback in 2015 during the uh, Romo Collarbone Games.
2: That was my first season really covering the Cowboys, so I'll I'll always remember that, you know, trying to get off the heels of 2014, which was such a great season, but ended in such a horrible way, of course trying to take that momentum, and I'm going, man, this is going to be a great year to cover the Cowboys. I don't even know what I'm getting myself into because I haven't done anything like this before, but I'm going to jump right into covering, you know, one of the best teams in the league. And and then I was covering Matt Cassels. Oh,
1: yeah. I got locker room access that year. That was my first year with locker room access. And then, like I said, it was Romo and leading up to the Giants, and they win, and then – Dez's foot's broken leading up to the Eagles and then Ramo's collarbones broken and then Brandon Whedon and then trade for Matt Castle and Matt Castle's starter. And yeah, it was, uh, I, it, it was, it was just like you, Sean. Exactly. Th- those are my same feelings.
2: I'll have to find like, I, I think that was the year I put together, like I forget who I parodied, but like some team put out like a short like thank you video message to like a quarterback that only played like one snap for him or something. And I did the same thing for Brandon Whedon. Um, I'll have to go f- track that down and send the team
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely need to see that. Also on Tuesday, another 2015 Cowboy, Terrence Mitchell, played cornerback. He turns 30 years old. He has to wait 10 more years to turn into a, a grown man. But Terrence Mitchell, <laughs> yeah, he was drafted in 2014 by Dallas in the seventh round. He was cut right at the end of preseason, and it, he bounced around so much throughout the NFL.
2: Yeah, he's made some grown man plays though throughout his career, you know. And here with the Cowboys, yeah, he was a guy you could stick out there and you know really show some toughness out there as a boundary corner and turn himself into a pretty nice player.
1: Yeah, I agree. Get out of here. Uh, then on Wednesday, Flozell Adams turns 47 years old. He was the All-Pro left tackle for the. Cowboys from 1998 to 2009. What was interesting about Flo Zell, Sean, is that he was deaf in his right ear. What does that mean? Well, playing left tackle, that's the ear that's closest to the quarterback, but nevertheless, he still had a a Pro Bowl career. I misspoke. I said he was an All-Pro. He's just a second-teamer, but he had five Pro Bowls, that he earned throughout his career from 98 to, to 09 with the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, I did not know that, but it certainly makes his achievements with the Cowboys uh, all the more impressive.
1: And then on Friday, Montre Holland, he turns 42. He's from little bitty town of Jefferson, Texas, in northeast Texas, um, and he turns 42 years old on Friday. Holland was with the team from 08 to 2011. What's fascinating about his tenure, Sean, is that in 08, he had to fill in at left guard for Kyle Kozier? Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. That was, um, they had someone else filling in at left guard, and they wanted uh, Montre Holland to start at left guard, and he was just perennially a backup. And then in 2010, when uh, Leonard Davis was just horrendous at right guard, they had um, Holland come in, and he played right guard, and he filled in admirably. And that's just so – what's funny is you've heard of the most popular quarterback in town is the backup quarterback. Who would ever think that the most popular guard in town would be the backup guard?
2: Right. I just want to say I respect your commi- Like, I mean, you memorized a ton of Cowboys information, and I feel like nobody else could memorize. But when it comes to offensive line, that's, that's got to be the hardest thing to like remember year in and year out all these guys who suffered around, like it's just, that's a commitment right there. So, you know, we talk about this current offensive line. I have no problem doing that, of course, but yeah, to remember how they moved around these backup offensive linemen from years ago is, is super impressive.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. It was Corey Proctor. He was starting left guard in 08 and everybody was clamoring for Holland to replace him because I don't know, Proctor wasn't doing so well. And then finally on Saturday, Randall Williams He turns 44 years old. He was with the Cowboys played receiver from 2001 until 2004. He is best remembered for his 37-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which took three seconds off the clock to start the game against Philadelphia Eagles on October 12, 2003 at Texas Stadium. What's the big deal? Who cares about that? It was an onside kick that Andy Reid tried because he was trying to replicate the pickle juice game from week one, 2000. Didn't work because Randall Williams was there to take it to the house. And Saturday is his 44th birthday.
2: I remember who, who, who was that against when CDLM did that. 49ers. Yeah, L.M. just grabbed that thing and exploded down the sideline and one of his highlight plays so far with the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, and Randall Williams did that. Like I said, October twelfth, two thousand and three. That was when the late Tex Ram was inducted into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. What a way to kick off a twenty-three to twenty-one win over the Philadelphia Eagles. But and if you want more NFC East talk, listen to the NFC East mixtape with R.J. Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gouton which debuts on Wednesdays. On the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, and those are your Cowboys birthdays.
2: I feel like RJ only gets two plugs because you trash dispose.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I got you know I got to make it up some way.
2: Hey RJ, if you're listening, and we know you are at some point, you know we appreciate the opportunity to get to come on here, and uh, you know, like I've said before, when we first started, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. So to get to get closer to actually being in season for this is a is a lot of fun.
1: I know with actual news to talk about. Of the practices, of the quotes, and everything, this has really taken on a whole new dynamic, and I, you know, I really enjoy it, and uh, you know, so no talk about pork roll sandwiches today. I was uh, just going to so say. All
2: right, that oh, oh, I, I, I was going to say is that it didn't come up. I was, gonna, but I was going to give you a minute to. Uh, like I teased last week, tell me something that I used to do in Arkansas so that I've been shoving pork coal down your face. Hey,
1: here's one. It's not really in Arkansas. Have you been to El Arroyo yet in Austin?
2: I don't think so, no.
1: Go. They're the ones that they – they're the Mexican restaurant that has the f- funny sayings on their marquee. But go to El Arroyo restaurant.
2: But that's not Arkansas, but whatever.
1: <laughs> um, if there's a way that you can go to West Memphis, Arkansas – and have their barbecue not memphis west memphis it's on i-40
2: that's a town name in arkansas but it's called west right right or hey um by the way you guys are crazy for having a town named arkadelphia i i can't believe i've taken this on to bring it up but when i drove from new jersey to texas we passed a water tower that said arkadelphia and i feel like i I want to jump out of a moving car well what's funny is cliff harris
1: uh the hall of fame safety for the cowboys is from Arkadelphia. What goes
2: on in Arkadelphia?
1: You've got two schools, Washita Baptist, that's where Clefares is from, and Henderson State, and they're big rivals.
2: Arkadelphia,
1: you can't make it up. No, you can't make it up. Just like how I got to get this pork roll cheddar cheese fried egg, bacon, no pickles, with ketchup sandwich somewhere in New Jersey over the summer.
2: By the way, you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to get bacon with it. It's like two separate sandwiches. It's, it's how do you get – I've I've led you wrong here. It's how do you get the traditional, very traditional pork roll, egg, and cheese, which all that's all going to be on that is about four, five, six thick slices of pork roll, cheddar cheese melted all over it, and the egg. Those are the only three things that are going to be on there. And then you add the ketchup or the salt and the pepper, whatever you want. Um, but then a couple of, like, burger joints will, will do – they'll use a burger and they'll put – you know maybe one or two slices of porko on it and that's when you can add bacon or whatever you would put on a burger but yeah you don't put bacon on the traditional porko. roll I can see only if it's also with a burger
1: yep and Cowboys fans I hope you're in good shape after hearing another edition of the hidden yardage podcast subscribe to us on Apple Spotify TuneIn, Stitcher I'm Mark Lane find me on Twitter at the real Mark Lane he's Sean Martin find him on Twitter at Sean Martin NFL so there it is